This is the Daily Signal podcast for Tuesday, March 26th. I'm Kate Trinko. And I'm Daniel Davis. No collusion. It's what President Trump has been saying for two years, and it's the conclusion reached by Robert Mueller. Today, we'll sit down with John Malcolm of the Heritage Foundation to unpack what we know. Plus, major questions surface over the media's handling of the Russia investigation. Will they pay a price for being wrong? We'll discuss that with Daily Signal contributor Jarrett Stetman. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving a review or a five-star rating on iTunes. And please subscribe and encourage others you know to subscribe as well so that we keep growing. Now, on to our news headlines. President Trump told reporters Monday he was fine with the full report by special counsel Robert Mueller being released. To the attorney general, but it wouldn't bother me at all. Up to the attorney general, wouldn't bother me at all. Trump also talked about how long the process had been. It's lasted a long time. We're glad it's over. It's uh, a 100 percent the way it should have been. I wish it could have gone a lot sooner, a lot quicker. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that have done some very, very evil things, very bad things. I would say treasonous things uh, against our country. And uh, hopefully that people that have done such harm to our country, we've gone through a period of uh, really bad things happening. Well, Senator Lindsey Graham, who chairs the Judiciary Committee, is now calling for added scrutiny toward the FBI and Justice Department. On Monday, he said that he would investigate alleged abuses of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which may have kickstarted the process that led to the Russia investigation. He also called on Attorney General William Barr to appoint a new special prosecutor to investigate the other side of the story. Why the FBI, for instance, didn't notify the Trump campaign about foreign agents. Here's what Senator Graham said in a press conference Monday. I still to this day am at a loss to explain why nobody went to President Trump to tell him there may be some people in your orbit that are connected to the Russians and working with the Russians. A counterintelligence investigation is designed to protect the entity being uh, uh, targeted by a foreign power. In Diane Feinstein's case, she had somebody working with her that the FBI suspected of having an inappropriate relationship with the government of China. They told Diane about it, and she let the guy go. That's the way it's supposed to work. How did it fail and break down here? Was it a ruse to get into the Trump campaign? I don't know, but I'm going to try to find out. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu met with President Trump in Washington Monday and brought him a gift to recognize Trump's decision to say the Golan Heights area should be considered part of Israel. Minister Mr. President, I have to uh, tell you that I brought you a case of the finest wine from the Golan. I understand you're not a great wine drinker, but could I give it to your staff? Yes, you can. In an appearance with Netanyahu, Trump spoke warmly about Israel. Under my administration, the unbreakable alliance between the United States and Israel has never been stronger. Trump also made it clear he wouldn't tolerate aggression from Iran. As I said during my State of the Union address, we will not avert our eyes from the dictatorship that chants death to America, death to Israel, and calls for genocide against the Jewish people. We won't let them even consider that. 
We will confront the poison of anti-Semitism through both our words and, maybe even more importantly, our actions. Netanyahu is planning to speak at APAC, a conference for Jewish leaders, but is returning to Israel early due to a rocket from Gaza hitting central Israel and injuring several. Well, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo had a frank conversation with Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov Monday, following weekend reports that at least two Russian planes had landed in Venezuela, carrying a senior defense official and roughly 100 troops. Pompeo said the U.S. would not stand idly by if Russia continued sending troops. Russia continues to back the Maduro regime, which is clinging to power, despite being widely seen as illegitimate around the world. In January, the U.S. and a host of other nations, including Latin American nations, officially recognized his opponent, Juan Guaido, as the country's legitimate president. Michael Avenatti, the lawyer for porn star Stormy Daniels, who has accused Trump of paying her hush money to not disclose an alleged affair they had, is in a lot of trouble. Avenatti was arrested, accused by prosecutors in California of stealing $1.6 million from a client and falsifying tax returns to get a loan from a bank in Mississippi. And that's not all. Avenatti is also facing charges over trying to extort money from Nike. The official complaint states that Avenatti threatened to hold a press conference on the eve of Nike's quarterly earnings call and the start of the annual National Collegiate Athletic Association tournament, at which he would announce allegations of misconduct by employees of Nike, unquote. But Avenatti apparently said if Nike could find a way to fork over $16.5 million to $26.5 million to him, a client, and another person involved, he could probably figure out a way to not hold the press conference. Well, the president of the Southern Poverty Law Center, Richard Cohen, has resigned. The news comes less than two weeks after the group's co-founder, Morris Dees, was ousted for undisclosed reasons, though internal conflict within the group indicated grievances over racism and sexual harassment. On March 14th, a group of employees wrote a letter to their leaders bringing allegations of, quote, mistreatment, sexual harassment, gender discrimination, and racism, which they said threatened the moral authority of this organization and our integrity along with it, end quote. Mr. Dees denied any wrongdoing. After his exit, the center announced it would undergo an external review in order to guarantee that, quote, the values we are committed to pursuing externally are also being practiced internally, end quote. The SPLC is known for promulgating its list of so-called hate groups, which includes groups like the KKK, but also mainstream conservative groups like Alliance Defending Freedom, which defended Colorado Baker, Jack Phillips. Barbara Streisand apparently has realized it's not great to excuse pedophilia. She told the Times of London in an interview published last week, speaking about Michael Jackson's alleged victims, Wade Robson and James Safechuck, quote, you can say molested, but those children, as you heard say, they were thrilled to be there. They both married and they both have children, so it didn't kill them, end quote. After an uproar, Streisand took to Instagram to apologize, saying, I am profoundly sorry for any pain or misunderstanding I caused by not choosing my words more carefully about Michael Jackson and his victims, because the words as printed do not reflect my true feelings. I didn't mean to dismiss the trauma those boys experienced in any way. I feel deep remorse and hope James and Wade know that I truly respect and admire them for speaking their truth. Well, up next, we unpack the Mueller report with John Malcolm. 
Are you looking for quick conservative policy solutions to current issues? Sign up for Heritage's weekly newsletter, The Agenda. In The Agenda, you will learn what issues Heritage scholars on Capitol Hill are working on, what position conservatives are taking, and links to our in-depth research. The Agenda also provides information on important events happening here at Heritage that you can watch online, as well as media interviews from our experts. Sign up for The Agenda on Heritage.org today. It was just announced there was no collusion with Russia, the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. There was no collusion with Russia. There was no obstruction and none whatsoever. And it was a complete and total exoneration. That was a rather happy President Trump on Sunday. And joining us to discuss the infamous release of the Mueller report is John Malcolm, vice president of the Institute for Constitutional Government and director of the Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. John, thanks for joining us. Great to be with you. Okay. So, first off, should the Mueller report be released in full, as many are calling for? Well, everybody would like to see it released in full. Uh, I'm sure the president, really everybody. Uh, The problem is is that Attorney General Barr has certain legal prohibitions that he has to attend to. Uh, So a lot of the material that special counsel Bob Mueller got, he obtained pursuant to Grand jury subpoenas, grand jury material is supposed to remain secret. There are also departmental policies that say that when you investigate somebody and ultimately decide not to charge them, that you're not supposed to somehow tar and feather them in a report when they're not going to have an opportunity to rebut uh, those, uh, those charges. Also, when witnesses come forward, you want to encourage their cooperation. Uh, and if they don't end up testifying in a court of law, you're supposed to try to protect them. That having been said, General Barr has said that he is going to err on the side of transparency. I have every reason to believe that he will do so. So I'm sure that right now he is working with the special counsel to try to figure out you know, as much as possible what can be disclosed and, and what must remain hidden. So walk us through the key findings of the report. Well, all we have is the summary that that General Barr has provided. Uh, But there are are several things that I think are important. First, before you get to the report, on Friday when he notified Congress that he had received the report, he also said that pursuant to regulation, he had to tell Congress whether the attorney general had at any time – overruled the special counsel in terms of whether or not to pursue any matter. And he made it very clear that neither he nor uh, Matt Whitaker nor Rod Rosenstein had in any way, shape or form overruled anything that Bob Mueller wanted to do. So there was no obstruction uh, of that investigation from the Department of Justice and special counsel was allowed to go wherever it is he wanted to go in terms of conducting his investigation. In terms of the summary that was provided to the Senate and the House yesterday, there's sort of three major conclusions. Uh, The first is that the Russians definitely attempted to interfere with the 2016 election. Special Counsel Mueller has already indicted, uh, I think it's 26 uh, uh, Russian individuals and three Russian companies. Uh, They did this in in two different ways. One is uh, they hacked into various servers, including at the Democratic National Committee, and then through intermediaries leaked that material, primarily through WikiLeaks. Then the other way they attempted to interfere with the investigation was by using social media to uh, engage in a disinformation campaign that was designed to sow distrust in the results uh, of the election. That actually might have succeeded better than they had uh, hoped. The second 
uh, thing that uh, that Special Counsel Mueller concluded was that there was no uh, credible evidence that anybody connected with the Trump campaign had conspired with or coordinated with the Russians in terms of doing any of the dirty things that the Russians were doing in relation to the 2016 election. Uh, And the third conclusion uh, was that the special counsel, rather than reaching a conclusion or making a recommendation on alleged obstruction of justice – by President Trump, decided in his report to lay out all of the pros and cons, the facts that might support charges and that would not, that would cut against uh, bringing bringing charges. Uh, Bill Barr said that a lot of these actions, tweets, comments were all things that have uh, are already public and that have been dissected already. And what he said was after looking at all of this and consulting various officials within the Department of Justice, looking at charging guidelines, he and Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein had come to the conclusion uh, that there was not a case that could be brought against uh, President Trump for obstruction. And he made a point of saying that he he did this acting under the assumption that one could indict a president even though there are departmental guidelines that say that a federal prosecutor can't indict uh, a sitting president. But he set aside that constitutional question and said just on the facts and the law that he didn't think the charges could be uh, supported. I actually think that that is uh, a pretty reasonable conclusion for really one reason, which is not everybody, but the overwhelming majority of people who in, who do attempt to uh, obstruct an ongoing investigation do that because they they know that that investigation, that they're very guilty of the charges that are being investigated. So they're doing what they can to disrupt that investigation. In this case, the conclusion was – President Trump hadn't uh, engaged in any criminal conduct, neither himself nor anybody connected to his campaign in terms of a collusion allegation. And therefore, it made it less likely uh, that you would attempt to obstruct an investigation in which it was highly likely you were going to be exonerated. So the left has already seized on this third point pretty hard, and they're suggesting that, you know, perhaps Barr did not come to the right conclusion. Perhaps Trump should face charges for obstruction of justice. Is there anything they can do besides just rant about this? I mean, I assume as long as the DOJ is under a Trump pick, there's there's no uh, path there. Yeah, certainly in terms of, of formal criminal charges being filed. Uh, against the president. There's very, very little that they can do. Uh, However, they are playing to a different court, which is uh, the Democrats are to some degree playing to the court of public opinion. My favorite Uh, court. Yeah. And I don't think there's any (laughs) question that uh, Adam Schiff and the Intelligence Committee and Jerry Nadler on the House Judiciary Committee are – they've already issued a whole slew of subpoenas looking at uh, every aspect seemingly of President Trump's life and they are going to continue to uh, beat this drum regularly and loudly. Senator Lindsey Graham on Monday said, quote, what makes no sense to me is that all of the abuse by the Department of Justice and the FBI, the unprofessional conduct, the shady behavior, nobody seems to think that's much important. Well, that's going to change, I hope, end quote. Uh, Trump raised concerns throughout the entire process as to the fairness of the DOJ, the FBI. uh, And then, of course, there was the uh, recent allegation uh, that former FBI official Andrew McCabe suggested that he wanted Trump uh, removed from office. Um, are there going to be any more questions about the FBI and the DOJ's impartiality? Yeah, look, I, I, he's got a point, uh, Senator, Senator Graham. I mean the House Judiciary Committee, when the Republicans had the gavel, were, were looking into all of these 
matter. So you had, you know, Bruce Orr and Andy McCabe and Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. I mean, the, Jim Comey, they were all paraded in front of the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, but now, of course, the gavel is controlled by the Democrats. However, uh, I would note that Senator Graham controls the gavel for the Senate Judiciary Committee. So I'm sure he is going to look into that. The Department of Justice's Inspector General uh, has been looking into these matters. He issued a scathing report about uh, former FBI Director Jim Comey's conduct. There are more reports forthcoming. He's been investigating whether the FISA process, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act process, was abused uh, by the use of the so-called Steele dossier. Uh, he's looking, he's continuing his investigation into whether or not the FBI was politicized and whether it botched the investigation into the Clinton email uh, servers. Perhaps he's looking at their investigation into the Clinton Foundation. Uh, the a, a referral, a criminal referral, has been made on Andrew McCabe for uh, lying to the FBI to the D.C. U.S. Attorney's Office. The uh, U.S. Attorney there, Jesse Liu, is I'm sure still looking into those matters. So, you know, Lindsey Graham is right that that perhaps they're not looking as closely as they should at these matters. But there are some people uh, who are looking into. Uh, these matters. And I'm quite sure that under uh, his chairmanship that the Senate Judiciary Committee will be doing likewise. And do you think this report was comprehensive enough that its questions will largely not be, uh, I guess, questioned, for lack of a better uh, synonym? Any further? I mean, is this sort of it when it comes to the collusion narrative? Well, I haven't seen the report, of course, but I do. I know Bob Mueller and, and everybody knows his reputation. Uh, he was at this investigation for two years uh, it had been widely reported and criticized by people on the right that a lot of the people whom he had working for him, uh, very seasoned department uh, professionals, but a number of them had given to Democratic candidates uh, and certainly were not somehow in the tank with, with President Trump. The letter of transmission that General Barr uh, sent said that uh, the special counsel in completing his investigations employed 19 lawyers. They were assisted by approximately 40 FBI agents, intelligence analysts, forensics accountants, and other professional staff. They issued more than 2,800 subpoenas, executed nearly 500 search warrants, obtained more than 230 orders for communications record, issued almost 50 orders authorizing the use of pen registers, made 13 requests to foreign governments for evidence, and interviewed approximately 500 witnesses. Bob Mueller is a seasoned and dogged prosecutor and an investigator who is going to leave no stone unturned. I have no doubt he conducted an incredibly thorough investigation, and I can say with a high degree of certainty uh, that Jerry Nadler and the House Judiciary Committee are not going to un uncover any facts that Bob Mueller has not already uncovered and thoroughly analyzed. Uh, some in President Trump's inner circle are now kind of turning the tables and suggesting that uh, those who uh, initially called for the investigation, uh, including people like James Comey, who uh, may have you know implied that Trump was compromised, uh, that they need to face questions now. Um, do you think that'll happen and do you think it should happen? Well, I think it will uh, happen. Jim Comey yesterday after Barr's letter uh, posted a tweet that was really unusual. It was a picture of him standing among Looked like some redwood trees staring, <laughs> so staring weird. up. It looked very, it looked very bizarre. And and Senator Graham actually tweeted in response to this, saying something like, "You know, you say that there ought to be full transparency and a full airing of all this. Couldn't agree more. See you soon." Uh, so it certainly seems as if uh, Jim Comey, at the very least, is going to be getting a return engagement before the Senate Judiciary Committee.
Yeah, that picture was like the worst example of political figures trying to be hip. I, I, I just <laughs> I, I could not deal with that I, picture. I never attempt to do that kind of thing. <laughs> Don, anytime you need to take a picture staring at trees, don't do it. All right. Thank you so much for joining us and explaining this, Don. Great to be with you. Do you own an Alexa? You can now get the Daily Signal podcast every day as part of your daily flash briefing. It's easy to do. Just open up your Alexa app, go to settings, and select Flash Briefing. From there, you can search for the Daily Signal podcast and add it to your Flash Briefing so you can stay up to date with the top news of the day that the liberal media isn't covering. If you've been following the mainstream media at all, you've heard a lot about the so-called Russia collusion and special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation. Newsbusters, an arm of the Media Research Center, reported, quote, the ABC, CBS, and NBC evening newscasts produced a combined 2,284 minutes of collusion coverage and added, that's an average of roughly three minutes a night every night for an astonishing 791 days, a level of coverage normally associated only with a major war or a presidential election, end quote. Axios, citing data from Newswhip, a trending news tracker the Daily Signal uses, reported, since May 2017, 533,074 web articles have been published about Russia and Trump Mueller, generating 245 million interactions, including likes, comments, and shares on Twitter and Facebook. But Jared, you wrote a column for the Daily Signal in which you suggested the mainstream media should not be too proud of themselves right now. No, I, I, I definitely say they shouldn't. Uh, if there's anybody who should be proud of themselves, it's the handful of journalists who actually were skeptical of these claims, including Molly Hemingway at The Federalist, who has been uh, done her diligence on this on this issue. And I have to say, as, as far as the media goes, a lot of these big legacy media outlets uh, have covered the story from the beginning. They've had a number of Bosch stories. Of course, CNN had to do a very uh, serious retraction at some point during this thing. And I think that there are a lot of Americans right now, I mean, they've seen so much about this. They were expecting a lot of Americans were simply expecting uh, President Donald Trump to be hauled out of the office uh, in chains, uh, given the kind of coverage that we've seen. And that just hasn't happened based on this report. It's very clear that this investigation, which has gone on for over two years now, uh, has found no evidence of collusion, which I think a lot of people, if you had been turning on CNN every night, would say, that how's that, how's that possible? Uh, you know, we had individuals like John Brennan, who was going on, former head of the CIA, saying, well, there's there's clearly there's some kind of evidence there. There obviously wasn't given this report. Uh, and I, I think it really goes to the heart of the fact that, look, we hear all the time from the media that, that President Donald Trump is waging a war on the press, that he's attacking their credibility. And I would say that in some ways they are doing the damage to the credibility themselves, that they really need a period of reflection after this catastrophe as far as how they've covered the news and whether or not they really are seeking the truth or really whether or not they are part of what people call resistance journalism, uh, where they're just simply trying to take down President Trump and they're not actually trying to find the truth. Yeah, I saw one writer calling this the WMD of our time. Basically, you know, leading up to the Iraq war, lots of journalists were reporting that there were weapons of mass destruction and then obviously there turned out not to be. Um, this is arguably worse than that because it went on for two years, uh, just kind of nonstop coverage. Um, so, I mean, is there, that's the big question. Is there any fallout? Is there any price to pay 
for those who push this narrative. Well, and it's a very serious charge too. Basically, the charge is that the president is some kind of traitor, is treasonous uh, to this kind of he's a Manchurian candidate that's basically uh, in league with a foreign nation. That is a very serious charge. I think that's why the story had uh, it was right to treat this with a lot of delicacy, and and many of these media outlets didn't do that. I mean, they they really wanted to go with this narrative, and I think they really puffed things up for a lot of. Uh, people who really didn't like the president. I mean, there, there's so many stories out there about people who desperately wanted to to hear this report because they thought this was going to lead to to President Trump's impeachment. You, I mean, bizarre stories of people staving off, you know, death in the last days of their life to hear this report. I mean, this is this is the kind of environment that has been yeah. created by the media that that's kind of created this narrative. I have to imagine it's not just. Uh, supporters of the president that are upset right now. It's a lot of people that don't like the president very much that believe the press and they believe these these legacy media outlets that you know have these huge institutions with all these resources that you know are supposed to be these trusted names that really got this completely wrong from the beginning and now look very bad. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's so incredible is how much time they spent on something that so little was known about. And I think, you know, in journalism, one of the decisions you have to make and that reflects editorial priorities is how much do you cover something? Um, Daily Signal, for instance, we actually haven't covered this that much. And part of that was because so much of the so-called news was from anonymous sources and we couldn't verify and we didn't know what was true and what wasn't. And so, you know, we did run some stuff, but for the most part, we weren't following the day-to-day the way a lot of the mainstream media was. And I I just think from a focus perspective, now that it's clear that there was no collusion, which I think a lot of us were skeptical about with reasons from the get-go, yeah, I, I don't know how the media comes back from this. And I don't understand why, you know, if they truly cared about being able to do their jobs and being accurate and everything, they would have never gone down this path. I I think you're completely correct about that, and that they did cover this issue. I mean, almost nonstop. When it, especially if you look at just polls of what Americans really care about, this was not very high up on the list. I mean, it ma- mattered a lot to you know the DC kind of media mm-hmm. establishment, but to the regular Americans out there, this is not exactly what was at the top of their list. You know, they cared about how the American economy is doing. They care about you know our conflict in the Middle East with the Islamic State. They care about these these kind of big issues. This this story, which you know often involved kind of minor characters often involve very vague information that just went on and on and on, built up to what we thought was going to be something very serious, and it turns out to be a big nothing burger. Uh, that does so that there's a, a serious gis- disconnect for for what the media is actually trying to do as far as upholding its role in a free society. I mean, the thing is that you know the New York Times, Washington Post, all these big organizations, they alone don't protect the First Amendment in this country. You know, there are there were media outlets that covered this, I think, very fairly. I, I think I hope that you know we are among them uh, that tried to just report on the facts as they came in and treat this with the seriousness that it requires and also the delicacy as well. And a lot of publications right now look look very bad in the coming days. I hope it sparks a kind of reassessment from a lot of these organizations to how they cover the news. Well, Jared, thanks for writing your piece and uh, thanks for coming in and sharing. Appreciate it very much. And we're going to leave it there for today. Thanks for listening to the Daily Signal podcast brought to you from the Robert H. Bruce Radio Studio at the Heritage Foundation. Please be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. And please leave us a review or a five-star rating on iTunes to give us feedback. We'll see you again tomorrow. You've been listening to the Daily Signal podcast, executive produced by Kate Trinko and Daniel Davis. Sound designed by Michael Gooden, Lauren Evans, and Thalia Rampersad. For more information, visit DailySignal.com.